And welcome again to another episode of Latin and Layman's. Guess what? I'm going to do something new because I was looking back at a bunch of episodes that I've done and I've realized that I've gone quite a bit on a bender uh, on all this uh, etymologizing and stuff like that. So I'm going to go back. We're going to talk about some grammar stuff, things that help me um, understand language more so that I learned through Latin, um, especially because I need to start getting that in that mode a little bit more. I'm about to start reporting for my new uh, teaching position uh, at my new school, which I'm really stoked about. Great kids, great environment, super rigorous school, great um, reputation as well here in Colorado. So very excited, but also, you know, that means my summer's gone. So regardless, you know what? All is good in the world, but with that being said, I'm just going to do a different one today because I actually had another person reach out to me, homeboy Peter, asked about why uh, my Spotify podcast starts at lesson, I believe, like 11, and it was because I actually had deleted my very first episodes recently because of how poor the audio quality was. It was just, you know... I've realized that uh, the way, you know, that I'm going to gain more traction is by providing better content. Like who wants to listen to a podcast that sounds like um, static uh, on the other end as well. So, you know, uh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to honor him because he had me think about that kind of stuff as well as I need to get in that mode, thinking a little bit more about grammar because like I've always said, the reason why I highlight grammar so much, especially at the very beginning of teaching Latin, is because seldom do kids even know what grammar is. And if I can't have them understand the difference between a subject, a direct object, what an adjective is, what um, a transitive versus intransitive, although we don't have to refer to it like that, we can just call it a a, a, a a verb that carries an action or a verb that is a linking verb like is or the verb to be, for instance, you know, you have to have those bases in order to build from a good foundation. If you don't understand parts of speech in English, how the hell are you going to do it in Latin? It's just not going to happen. That's why, you know, yeah, like you gotta, you gotta take it as this formula. It's a formula. And if you just throw kids into teaching Latin without giving them the fundamentals, then you're setting them up for failure. You're setting them up to be completely paralyzed in fear and stress by stepping through those doors in your classroom. If you are a Latin teacher and you happen to teach in just a very rigorous way, come on, you guys, if you're teaching, make it so that you know what you're doing it in the right way, shape, and form so that you're actually investing into what's going to be our future. Okay. So with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about prepositions and prepositional phrases. I realized I was looking back all the way back on June 1st uh, is when I talked about it was a preliminary episode starting back up my Latin and layman's revamped with all this better audio quality. Excuse me. Um, And that's where I talked about subjects and direct objects. If you want to go back at that, it's going to be around June. Uh, I should I'm going to start numbering these episodes. In fact, I might do that today, you know, it's like a little little meme that I'll do to, to keep me busy and uh, not twiddling my thumbs. Regardless, let's get into 
prepositions and prepositional phrases because this in turn correlates with the ablative case in Latin. If you guys are not aware, you guys don't remember me going over in Latin, we refer to a declensional system in order to decline our nouns because declensions and all of those cases are what give the information of the word in how it's going to uh, convey itself in a sentence. Okay. Decl it's not that we in Latin, we don't rely on word order like we do in English, right? We, we rely on putting things in a very sequential manner, left to right in order to make sense out of things. But Latin, what you do is you just tack on an ending to the base of a word. And that in turn tr changes the form, whether it's going to be the subject of the sentence, or if it's going to be the direct object of the sentence, or if it's going to have, um, a possessive quality to it in the genitive, or if it is an indirect uh, object in the dative, you know? So as you guys can see, endings are what provide the basis for understanding Latin language. We don't have endings in um, English. So, uh, so yeah, let's get into it real, real quickly. All right, so prepositions, what they are, they're small words which indicate place. They can indicate motion, cause, time, manner, and the like. In Latin, as we get more and more into uh, lessons in the future, we're going to learn that ablatives take on so many different uh, forms, and they can indicate whether you know we're entering into maybe more of a passive sentence where we're going to be given an ablative of agent, ablative of means, ablative of degree of difference, ablative of time. All of this good stuff because ablatives are very, very, very dynamic, just like genitives are. We have partitive genitive. Uh, we have, uh, oh gosh, I'm not going to get into it because you guys don't care because then I'm just going to get onto a rant that's not really going to mean anything in regards to what we're talking about here. So, shh, Liam, shush, shush, shush. so three things to note here. Those which indicate place with prepositions include in, at, on, near, oh man, let's see if I can remember all of them, beside, along, among, over and under, okay? Those are all that which include place, and that is going to be indicated and, uh, or it's going to be tied to the ablative case because we have prepositions that can be tied to the accusative case because they're going to be uh, prepositions that indicate, um, they, they show cause of motion, aka those that are betokening motion, I'm going to be from, toward, up, down, from, around, into, and onto, um, and so on, because I can't remember. There's got to be more. Others show cause, though, because of, uh, for, by, with, out of. Those are also prepositions. So English has around 150 small words I actually looked up that can be used as prepositions, which sounds a little bit overkill. But the most common ones here are going to be about, above, across, after. Um, those are the ones that are indicating, indicating motion for the most part. Um, but we're just going to get into it. However, not all small words in English are prepositions, though. So not prepositionals, a lot of small words. Not all small words are prepositions. For instance, what are probably the two most frequently used small words in English? If you can think about it, the word that I'm thinking of is the, and how about a and or an? 
depending on what word follows, a or an, which represents a different part of speech. Do you know what that is? If I ask my students that, a lot of the time they don't know that. We need to know those because grammarians call those things articles. Articles are not used in Latin. That's why we never have V or A or anything like that. That's why we just artificially put it there in order to make it a little bit more Englishified, as I like to say, when we translate things from English back into Latin. Another type of small word, which isn't a preposition, those are called conjunctions. What is a conjunction? Does anybody know? Can you think about it? Can you tell me? Um, those are things like and, or, but, or since. What is a conjunction? Do you know what that is? Well, let's learn what it is if you don't know. It's, it's a link, basically, of two or more things, action, ideas, or um, et cetera, really. Because if you think about it, con means with, junction a junction actually refers to something being held together. So how holding together with a junction is a link. So a together link, AKA what is a conjunction? It links two or more things together. As is, what is an adjective? Adjective means two or towards add and then adjective comes from yakeo, which means to throw. So an adjective is what is thrown towards the noun exactly uh, that it's modifying. So if you didn't know, that's where we get the word adjective. It's where we also get the word interjection, inter meaning in, in between. See, look, I like to get into some etymology while I'm talking about some Latin grammar. We can do a full a circle and bring everything back together. Um, but uh, interjection, inter meaning between, and yakeo meaning to throw. And interjection is basically like an inter interruption. Like if you think about it, it's like, oh, alas, or uh, look over there. Or, you know, it's just like, it's trying it's basically discontinuing the, the current thought and interrupting it because well they aren't prepositions but i i do want to talk about them so since i am talking about prepositions inter, or interjections interjections include exclamations like oh darn ouch please blah they're often associated with expressions of strong emotion or surprise or pleading a lot of the time. A lot of interjections are appeasing appeasements to the gods a lot of the time. Um, that's why they're often placed with an exclam exclamation point. Another small word that is not a preposition, but we need to know uh, in order to delineate between the two, what is an adverb? Do you guys know what an adverb is? Odd means to or toward. Verb refers to a verb. Towards the verb, aka it is just basically adding to the verb. It includes things like very well, soon, there, now. Those are adverbs, but we also have adverbs like fastly, slowly, quickly, you know, a lot of the LY verbs. They're just basically, they're adjectives that modify, well, adjectives modify nouns, adverbs modify verbs, you know, they, they do their own thing. Adjectives are kind of like, another form of an adverb and vice versa, but they only can um, add to its specific part of speech that it, you know, is delegated to. Anyways, I'm going to shut up. The basic function, though, of prepositions is to show how a noun relates to the rest of the sentence. That noun is called the object of the preposition. If you guys remember in school, we called that and we abbreviate it as the OP. In fact, if you didn't think about it, the word preposition Let's look at, look at it etymologically. Pre meaning before, position comes from uh, the word meaning placed. So pre meaning before, position placed, 
literally means place before, because what is a preposition? It's almost always preceding its object. Look at that. Actually, preposition is kind of a dumb name for this part of speech, in my opinion, uh, because the same thing can be said for articles like the, which always precede the word that they go with, and titles like Sir and as in Sir Lancelot or Sir Arthur Conan Doyle or whatever. But um, for whatever, I'm not going to get into it. Here are some examples of prepositional phrases. Think about it. The man in the house. The man. Is the man the preposition? No. What is the man in this sentence? Well, the man here is the subject. What is the man doing? Well, he is in the house. In the house is the prepositional ma phrase made up of in the preposition and house its object, the OP. The man, like I said before, isn't a part of this prepositional phrase. It's kind of outside of it. And we'll talk about how it relates to the prepositional phrase in a hot second. But let's, let's look at another one. No one from this city. No one again. What is that? Outside of the preposition because from this, this city is going to be the prepositional, prepositional phrase. From is the preposition and city, a.k.a. the object of the preposition, the OP is what it's going to be, uh, you know, finishing it off. I don't know what I was trying to say there. Stronger because of courage. Think about that one. Because of your courage or because of courage is the prepositional phrase. Because of is that two-word cluster creating a single preposition. And courage, again, is our object of the preposition. In essence, prepositions and prepositional phrases rather modify or describe something else in their sentence. So a prepositional phrase often acts like an adjective or an adverb, a modifier of some sorts as well. For instance, a prepositional phrase can tell you which man by identifying his location. So it can help delineate a situation, the man in the house. So which man is it? Well, it's the guy in the house, essentially. So there's another way of keeping down the number of nouns in, in, in English, essentially. In other words, when we deploy the prepositional phrase in the house, we save ourselves from having to create a whole special independent noun that means a man in a house, essentially, if that makes sense to you guys. Just getting some water there, plus take a little bit of a break. I'm, I'm talking rather fast. I'll slow it down. Without preposition and adjectives, to be honest, we'd have very, very, very fat dictionaries. Like I said, remember, adjectives help delineate uh, everything without having to have a specific word, right? Because we can either refer to a doctor as a rheumatologist, or we can refer to them as an you know, an immune doctor, for instance, or we can think of a cardiologist, but not all people know what a cardiologist is. So instead we call them what kind of doctor, a heart doctor, um, you know, so, um, an orthopedic surgeon, ortho meaning upright and or straight pedic refers to pedes, which means foot. An orthopedic surgeon is what makes your feet upright and or erect and or straight, right? I thought a very interesting term that I had never thought about before, but when I was watching Arrival, they talked about how the way the heptapods um, wrote sentences was non-linear ortho excuse me, orthography. And if you think about orthography, what is, gosh, don't tell me I have hiccups right now. Ortho meaning straight, upright, and or right. 
um, graphos refers to the writing. So nonlinear, straight, upright writing. I always thought that that was very interesting orthography because when you go to the orthodontist, what do you do? You go and you get your ortho you, straight. Dante's coming from dentes, meaning teeth. Ist, the practitioner of. So the practitioner of making your teeth upright, straight, and or erect. That's what an orthodontist is. You need your braces when you go to the orthodontist or whatever. Uh, as well as orthodox. Ortho meaning straight, upright, and or right. Dox coming from dog coming from dogma, docs referring to uh, right um, and correct and or opinion. I, I always found it funny that both right and opinion were the same thing. So what does orthodoxy mean? It's just literally saying the right opinion, the right, right opinion, essentially. Oh my gosh. Anyways. Prepositions can also tell um, you why situations exist. So for an existence, we'll have an example like um, we all are stronger because of your courage. Again, the preposition because of gives the reason we are stronger, a.k.a. your courage, the object of the preposition. Here, the prepositional phrase explains or in grammatical terms modifies the whole rest of the sentence. So as you can see, prepositions have a very, very... Um, dynamic um, deal in language. They can be utilized in very many different ways and respects. If you didn't know, now you know, so that you can add that to your toolbox. Prepositions can also show you how something happened, aka he reacted with fear. With fear shows the manner of his action, aka the ablative of manner. So in this sentence, the prepositional phrase modifies the action of the sentence. Its verb reacted We'll talk about verbs in, you know, another time. Uh, making with fear adverbial, essentially, not adjectival here. So in essence, prepositions and their objects work together as modifiers. They delimit the possible meaning of a sentence, just like adjectives. That's why I've kind of gone over them both um, together because they, like I said, if we didn't have prepositions and adjectives, we'd have really thick dictionaries, like thick boys. But unlike nouns and adjectives, there's no easy way to test whether a word's a preposition or not. That's why, you know, you guys know how I like to give actionable and ta tangible tests to be able to apply, like with my subject test or my verb test and whatnot. Can't really do with prepositions. You just have to become more and more aware. Uh, and now that you know, you can make yourself more aware. You have that, um, what do they refer to it? it it's um, competent something like that. I can't remember. It was like a term that I competent and competent. I don't know. So instead, you just got to look for small words followed by nouns or nouns, and then ask yourself what kind of word that is. So if you guys got this far, if you learned something new, I would really appreciate some love and support by going to either Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You do your deal. You can do whatever you want. But like I say, I'm going to keep on saying that I would love all your guys' support. So if you're tired of me saying it, then uh, maybe just take a little extra time to just help your boy out. Regardless, I want to say thank you, everybody, for your inquisitive knowledge and nature of wanting to know more and expand your brains. And being lifelong learners, you guys, thank you for etymologizing with me, learning some new stuff. And uh, with that being said, Tempus est discovery.